1: It ain't the left side for the right side, and it must be the Fin side. It's it ain't the left side, left side the right
0: Good side. evening, Dolphins fans. Welcome to another episode here of On the Fin Side with Kat and Paul. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, iTunes, all of our different social media outlets. Also, we're also the official provider here for the podcast for FinFanatic.com, as well as the Fan Sided Network. We're continuing our position-by-position position breakdown here with a very big need for the Dolphins here, arguably one of their top needs heading into the NFL Draft at running back. And Paul and I have a lot of differing opinions on this we look forward to to talking about here. We are just, what, here, uh, 18 days away from the NFL Draft, so we're continuing to go through our positional um, previews here. So, Paul, before we get into that, though, Um, a Dolphins history question for you, who is one player that was drafted in the first round? That's that was not a dolphin, but for some reason was being put in the first round by everybody wasn't but drafted by the Dolphins, but just watching the NFL draft, you just couldn't understand why is this guy projected as a first round pick?
1: Hey Dolphins fans, this podcast is brought to you by Danette May and Mindful Health LLC featuring Danette May's top superfood product from her Earth Echo Foods line, Cacao Bliss. Nothing feels better than being able to enjoy rich, smooth, creamy chocolate, and knowing you are doing something good for your body. We start with 100% organic cacao beans that are naturally kissed by the sun, maintaining its miraculous health benefits. Then we blend it with turmeric, MCT oil, coconut, Himalayan sea salt, cinnamon, and black pepper for the perfect blend to make you feel the best you ever have. The result, fall in love with a truly decadent, healthy, guilt-free chocolate, removing your cravings, facilitating weight loss, boosting your energy, and reducing your inflammation with one simple drink. Not only that, it is friendly to paleo, gluten-free, keto, vegan, and vegetarian diets. For the last eight years, we've been a leader in the superfoods market and are proud to have served millions of customers worldwide. We are offering up to fifteen percent off when you use code minute fifteen at EarthEchoFoods.com slash Media. Follow on social media at the Danette May and at Earth Echo Foods. There have been so many through the years, but I'm gonna use one that's gonna just rip open source for a few Dolphins fans, just because I'm in that kind of mood tonight. Brady Quinn. Um, it's I thought Brady was gonna be hot buttered ass at the next level, and boy was I right. It, it just, he was so bad, and I know so many dolphin fans wanted him, thought he was the second coming of Dan Marino and all these he was so bad, so bad. Yeah, I uh I've got a couple in mine
0: too, but, but I'm gonna say Sam Darnold. I, I never got it with this guy, and I still don't to this day, where I felt at USC in his final year, the guy was a complete turnover machine and I watched him go up against Josh Rosen, um, you know, one-on-one. And I, I had no doubt in that game who was, who played like significantly the better quarterback. I, I never, I mean, Rosen stunk, but I, I never got it with Darnold. And he was, he was picked third overall by the Jets, but up until draft day, There was, I mean, or or a week before the draft, there was no doubt who the number one pick was going to be by the Browns, and it was Sam Darnold. I I just could never understand it. Um, Another another guy, too, if I'm throwing another one, Danny Watkins. If you remember him, he was a a first-round pick in 2011. He was a 27-year-old offensive tackle, Uh, and he was a first-round pick by everybody. He was going to have to kick into guard to play at a low-impact position. He came in and he was not even a good offensive guard. So, those were two that I did. That I was definitely, definitely feel that I nailed. I got Uh, another one.
1: I got another one. I can't think of his damn name. He got traded away from the Falcons for a ham sandwich. Um, The one that walked up to the podium swearing about his grandma with a oh,
0: Tack Tack McKinley. Yes, I couldn't
1: get it with him. Like I watched him. Okay, he's terrible.
0: Uh, full disclosure, I like Tack McKinley a little bit. I, I I understood the limitations, but yeah, uh, yeah when football.
1: He, football was a limitation.
0: Yeah, when he when he immediately uh, right into the league, he he breaks uh, FCC violations on the air. I mean, uh, <laughs> that was a funny day. Anyway, let's uh, let's take a look here at the running back class here, and you know. It, It's different this year for for me as as far as the running backs, because typically I am a person who doesn't value the running back position very highly, but I feel differently about it this year for a couple of reasons. And I think the Dolphins do need to get one here in the first 36 picks for a couple of reasons. Um, Last year, the Dolphins were 29th in yards per carry. They're 22nd in yards on the ground the year before they were 32nd in your yards per carry and 32nd um on the ground in yards I mean but you look at it like now this year I mean no running backs hit free agency I mean Aaron Jones gets re-signed right beforehand a lot of people didn't want to shelve out that money anyway I thought it was tempting but overall didn't really I was relieved when he didn't hit free agency but you've really got three running backs that stick out here at the top for that um you've got Najee harris you've got javante williams you've got travis Etienne. i know we're probably going to differ a little bit on this class in general but for me i look at this class and think if you don't get one of these top three running
1: backs you're in trouble i don't know if i'd go that far with it um it's now you definitely need to get someone here you definitely have to get someone here in this draft do not get me wrong but who the Dolphins go after is going to depend upon what their plan is, not just this year, but long-term. Because uh, I'm going to let you in on a little secret. I don't hate Miles Gaskin. He he had a very good efficiency rating when he was running the football. He just got hurt a lot, and he's not built to be an every-down back. I don't hate Savon Ahmed. He just got hurt a lot, and he's not built to be an every-down back. And I hate to break it to people, but Patrick Laird with, when Tua was in – showed some decent chemistry with Tua as a potential third down back. So I want one of these top three, but there's a lot of guys I like after if you're planning to do a platoon. And if you're planning to do a platoon at running back and you've got a long-term plan to have Miles Gaskin be in the fold and be part of a platoon, you don't take a running back in the first round if you're planning to platoon them uh, long-term. You just don't. Like it, It's a waste of a pick. If they're only going to be on the field, a maximum of 50% of the time.
0: Uh, Miles Gaskin definitely earned the right to be back on the field this year. And the I, I take a different approach to it. I think if you get one of these top three running backs, uh, one of these top three running backs is going to be a top 10 back uh, at the end of his rookie year. When you look at the return on investment and then, and then, you've got miles Gaskin who I think is going to be one of the best backup running backs in the league. And is going to be on the field quite often because of his ability, not only to see the hole and hit it, but also to catch passes too. So I think you're going to have, if you grab one of these top three guys, I think you have a great one, two combo. And what I don't want to see and what will infuriate me is if we're sitting here a year from today and well, uh, I, I just don't understand why it didn't work. we, we drafted a third a running back in the third or fourth round and we put him behind a C plus offensive line. Why couldn't we run the ball again? It doesn't make any sense.
1: Well, and 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 I'm gonna differ from you in another respect and and, and I apologize. I probably should Bring have for fore- forewarned you about this off the air. I've hit the point now where I'm gonna to say top four running backs on my list for the Dolphins. Because Kenneth Gainwell if he played his senior year, he would have been right there in the conversation with Najee, with Travis Etienne, and with Javante. Uh, he sat out his he sat out his final year because he lost four family members to COVID. But he looked like one of the most explosive backs, if not the most explosive backs in football in 2019. And what he probably would have done for uh, Memphis to build off of that would have been insane. Um, and I think he could end up being the steal of the draft, and he might be a guy in the third round. Even though I'd grab him with, you know, maybe pick fifty or so.
0: Yeah, Gainwell, yeah, incredible twenty nineteen season. That was really the only year he played football, because uh, in, in twenty eighteen he he had four rushes. Twenty nineteen he had uh, uh, two hundred and thirty one rushes for fourteen hundred and fifty nine yards and six hundred and ten yards receiving. And also on that team was uh, Antonio Gibson who played for Washington this past year and was, and was phenomenal. So yeah, he he had an unbelievable 2019 season there. Uh wo, was an AAC player of the year as well. So yeah, it, you've got you've got a little bit of depth here. Uh I've got him sixth on my list. Uh as far as how it relates to the Dolphins because I I see him and I see a lot of things that Miles Gaskin can do which that may not necessarily be a bad thing when it comes to gainwell and miles gaskin on the same team i would still though like to have that that big back that that everybody prepares for from week to week yes. with miles gaskin as the backup yes.
1: i you don't have to sell me on big back like it's you know i've been preaching for years i want that guy that can run into the line and whether there's a hole or not there is one for him uh, it, it, Excuse me, I, I, I should clarify a a a big good back. Oh well, you know, I, I dude, if you want to put Christian Wilkins at running back, I'd be down for that. Like I, yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. I love my fat running backs. I love it even more when they've got speed and elusiveness. Guys like Ramondre Stevenson, who you've heard me talk about. I uh, like, I believe it or not, I was very shocked because going into Senior Bowl week, I wanted to see a lot from him. Um, We didn't hear a lot. We didn't hear a lot of good. But I've started to hear that he actually impressed a lot of coaches at the Senior Bowl, which surprised me considering he didn't really do all that much that we saw physically. But the way he slimmed down with his explosiveness and things like that. I know he was ill for a portion of the week. Um, I've actually heard that he impressed people. So he's somebody that, I mean, you look at his year this year when he came back from suspension. And... The fact that he nutted up and played through it, not like a Kylan Hill. Kylan Hill got suspended and said, screw this. I'm, I'm, I'm not coming back then uh, for a locker room incident. I mean, how stupid is that?
0: Yeah, Kylan Hill uh, should have come out last year. Uh, Travis Etienne should have come out last year. Chuba and, should have come out last Ch- year. Yes, Chuba should have come out last year. So those three guys, if you were a running back, you definitely don't go back for another season after you have had the seasons that they did in 2019. But yeah, Ramondre Stevenson, yeah, he was suspended six games. He failed a drug test. Um, he's he moves unbelievably well for his size. You watch him. He's, you know, he he uh, weighed in at 230 something pounds at the combine at the Senior Bowl. So he showed the ability to slim down. Played more at like 240 there at Oklahoma. But uh, when I watched him on tape, I did not see somebody that looked like he was 240 pounds for for the good and the bad. He looked slimmer when he was running the ball, but I didn't see a powerful running back. And from that point, I was like, is there a big difference for me if he's 215 pounds or if he's 240 pounds, if I don't see that power that a 240-pound running back is supposed to bring?
1: What games did you watch, man? Oh. D- I saw him truck stick people. Like, he showed patience. He showed patience. He showed a lot of patience. Patience, compliance. patience. yes. Letting the whole develop. He goes
0: down easily. I mean, even the Florida game when he was good, when he had a great game. You, uh, you, you watch uh, – I watched about four games of Ramondre Stevenson. This guy goes down way too easily on contact for his
1: size. Hmm we're gonna have to we're gonna have to agree to disagree on that because we're gonna have the Ramondre stevenson contact show if if we don't we got a lot of running backs to get through here but
0: yeah we sure do
1: i'm a little shocked to hear that one yeah Uh, i i I, I, by the way jersey dolphins thank you brother thank you anyway go ahead
0: so let's uh you know we've talked about the kind of second tier of running backs or a few of them here let's start at the top though because the, the top three running backs, I think, we're in agreement. In no particular order: uh, Najee Harris, Javante Williams, Travis Etienne. Not in that exact order there, but are those are those your top three guys there?
1: Yeah, but I, I, okay. I like I said before, I have Gainwell in that tier, but not at the top of it.
0: Got it. So Gainwell is your fourth guy. Okay, we'll we'll circle back to that too. Uh, but number one on my list. is... And and it, by an increasing margin is Najee Harris, but I understand you have a different one at your at the top of your list.
1: Yeah, for me, Najee is number two. Um, I think we've gotten a little too Bama wild, and 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 I hate to say it, but as good as Alabama is, I do tend to discount running backs at times. I love Najee. I think he's going to be a great pro, but he also played behind a far superior line to Javante uh, in particular. I mean, Travis Etienne played for Clemson. You know, it's Clemson and Alabama have two of the best teams in football every year, year in and year out. Um, But watching Javante in the yards after contact, I love yards after contact. And it's, you know, you watch him. He's running through arm tackles. He's running through form tackles and twisting and fighting for every yard while still having good presence of mind and protecting the football. So for me, it's Javante took the lead here, and the fact that I want them to take Pitts at six makes Javante even more exciting. Because if Pitts has safeties and linebackers going nuts watching him and Gasicki, and you know they've got guys burning down the field on the outside, it's going to be less guys in the box for Javante to run over not just around because which he can do but literally just destroy and then you've got two big tight ends downfield one of whom can help block
0: yeah Javante led the nation uh, according to PFF's metrics with 75 broken tackles and he only carried the ball 157 times and I think it's a good thing that he split time there with Michael Carter because he comes into the league and he doesn't have six, 700 hits on his body. He only carried the ball 366 times in North Carolina. Uh, so I like him a lot too. He's number two on my list because, or for a couple of reasons is one, I think Najee Harris can do a lot more things on the football field. Uh, when he went to his pro day, he legitimately ran wide receiver route trees at six to 230 pounds. Um, he doesn't have javante's ability to get into the hole and break tackles as easily but i think he always falls forward for yardage and he's able to be a much more consistent back reminds me a lot of edger and james back in the day one little problem i have with javante williams too is his lateral quickness i think he has to be running north to south when he tries to bounce it to the outside that's where he gets caught Najee has a little bit more understanding of defensive angles and is able to exploit those a lot more easily. So Najee is not someone to shake your shake a finger at um, for anybody, really, because, and I'm not saying you're doing that, but it, this is the former number two overall high school recruit back in 2017 behind Jalen Phillips. So I, I don't think you can go wrong with either of those two backs there. The question is, do you just say the heck with it and take him at 18, or do you continue to pressure luck?
1: Yeah, it's and I'm torn because every time I do a mock draft, 99% of the times either somebody's sitting on the board that ridiculously should not be or I just hate all the picks. I hate the picks. I've either got to reach for somebody early, which I do feel 18 is a reach for Najee. I, I do, but if, if he is Flores and Greer's guy, take him, go get him. If he produces, or anybody produces, that you take at that 18 spot, you're going to forget real quick that it was a reach. But I don't love that. I I hate picking 18th. Like I'd rather pick 32nd most years than 18th.
0: I hated picking 18th last year, too, because I wanted to trade up for one of those tackles. Or I wanted to, worst-case scenario, trade back. You want to trade back 20 spots and get Austin Jackson, that would have been fine with me. And I kind of feel that same way in this draft what makes it a little bit different too, is that with this running back group, for me, uh, if you're trading back from 18 to 28, let's say in the first round, you're probably going to, you're probably going to get a third round pick. Uh, And then it's like, are you really going to risk the top running back in the draft if we're talking about that? So I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll see. I mean, I, I, I think this is a, this is a team that presses their luck at running back. I think they did that last year. You see the success of, of, of the second-round running backs, Jonathan Taylor and J.K. Dobbins, uh, DeAndre Swift, how they all really justified that second-round pick. Do you really want to press your luck again when you haven't been able to find that bell running back?
1: Maybe. Um, it's going to depend on what the team wants to do uh, and, and, and what they view it as. If they've got... Um, you know, th- there's multiple draft philosophies, and one of them is that flat board, where you've got your tiers of, all right, any one of these three guys, or any one of these four guys, or two guys, or whatever, are right here, equal. And if you feel you have to use the 18th pick to get Najee, but you know for a fact one of those guys is going to be there at 36. That's you, you, it. That's a no-brainer. You take a better, a good player at a bet another position that you're not going to be able to fill at 36, and you know you can fill it with one of these other two at 36. And that's where I sit, too, on the running back position. Javante is almost always there when I do mocks, and I believe he's going to be there at 36. And worse comes to worse. You know, one of these three, it, it is so rare that three running backs go in the first round of a draft. After right. That... One of these is almost absolutely going to be there at thirty six, and at worst, if you've got Gainwell in that tier like I do, at worst Gainwell is going to be sitting there, uh, probably at pick fifty.
0: Yeah, and you see, last year, I mean, I think you had eight running backs drafted, thirty two down to thirty. The First one was Clyde Edwards-Helaire at thirty two, and then I think Gibson was it was somewhere in the seventies. He was the eighth running back taken, so. And there was a lot of production from those guys. So yeah, that that's absolutely possible. And if anything, the value of running backs as how they're seen in the league has probably dropped from last year. So yeah, I, I could see that. I mean, and I've always said that too, where maybe the strategy should be that you say that, Hey, look, we're going to get either Najee Harris, Javante Williams, or Travis Etienne at 36. One of those three is going to be there. And ETN is that third guy. And he's, He's also somebody that we've we've talked about quite a bit. should have come out last year. Um, went back to Clemson and he did it for a specific reason to work on his receiving skills and it paid off for him because you, you take a look at his at his stats from before this year. he had more catches um, here or, or excuse me he had more receiving yards 588 this past year than he did his three previous years combined. Uh, he has breathtaking speed. My, my A little bit of my problem with him, though, is in between the tackles, he doesn't have great running instincts, and he needs to get out into an open field uh, in order to maximize that speed. He's not somebody who, in between the tackles, is going to do the work that Najee or Javante Williams do.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's... it's... ETN is probably the best wide receiver of the three of them. Uh, although, or not wide receiver, but receiver out of, out of the backfield of the three of them. Um, but that being said, it, it, it's I, I'm going to get away from the top three for a minute here. Because one guy that does intrigue me, and I'm going probably 10th or 11th on my list here, but is a very huge fit for what the Dolphins started to lay their blueprint for on offense. that That positionless offense, and things they want to do now this does not preclude you from taking one of the top three running backs but the nfl is starting to slide in a weird direction with the running back position with these hybrid running back wide receivers and i think you probably can guess which guy i'm going to with this one of the guys i do enjoy watching um a lot of folks have have speculated he's going to be a slot receiver at the nfl level but he's somebody that can also run the ball effectively out of the backfield. And you can do those creative things with what we were talking about before, where you can run the same personnel for a five wide and, and and basic or goal line and get a better, more athletic version of Malcolm Perry, who I really like, and I know a lot of Dolphins fans like. And that's Demetric Felton from, from UCLA. He was explosive. I, I had it in front of me how many, I've got so many things open for this because I have so many running backs I like. Um, he was probably one of the most effective receiving backs out of the backfield, but he could also run and, and run, run effectively.
0: Yeah. Dimitri Felton. I think he should stay at running back. Um, he had a good senior bowl week too, as a receiver, uh, but he could do pro- probably more damage at, at the running back spot. And I don't think he's a bad running back in general. I mean, I, I think he can get out into space and, you know, he can return kicks my uh, one thing I have with Felton is that he kind of reminds me a little bit of Dexter McCluster if you remember him from the mm-hmm. Chiefs uh, back several years ago is that yes he can he can do it at running back and he can do it at receiver he can do it as a returner is he great in any of those areas um, probably not but also I think he's also somebody that you're probably going to end up drafting in the fifth round
1: or so yeah and, and there's a lot of these guys in that like fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh undrafted area That I'm ridiculously intrigued by. Um, So
0: before we get into that, I'm going to have you table that just for a second there, Paul. So, yeah, I've got uh, really on my list here. Najee Harris, Javante Williams, Travis Etienne as my top three guys. Then I have very closely ranked um, the next three, which are and this is really for the Dolphins in no particular order. Trey Sermon, Kenneth Gainwell and Michael Carter. Now, Gainwell, I think, overlaps with a little bit of what Miles um, um, Gaskin does. He's a good receiver out of the backfield. And Gainwell actually played in the slot a lot, too. So he does have the, that real wide receiver type of ability, too. Trey Sermon is is somebody to keep an eye on, too, because he he didn't. He was a transfer from Oklahoma. He played three years there, came to Ohio State, and the the word I keep going back to with him is contact balance. And if the Dolphins do get that pass catcher uh, here at number six to team with Devontae Parker, Will Fuller, and Mike Kosicki, I think you're going to be able to spread the field out, and he's going to be able to get past the the first wave of, de- wave of defenders and pinball off those linebackers and safeties – like he did in the games against michigan state and against northwestern he fascinates me um, a little bit i i could see a scenario where if the dolphins go best player available with you know for their top 50 picks and then go with him in the third round even though i prefer one of the top three guys i would probably be happy with that michael carter is uh javante williams teammate obviously at north carolina and you know, had had better stats than him and, and was more of the lead back compared to him. He's more of a jitterbug type. Uh, he had a, one of the fastest short shuttles, meaning meaning it, and what that really measures is the ability to really get out of your stance and get into the hole quickly. You see that on tape too. He's also a good receiving back. He, he also had 23 plays of 20 yards that led the nation here this past year. So he's somebody that, I don't know if he's ever going to be a lead back, but man, he, he could be a really good one-two combo with somebody as well. If you can get him kind of in that third, fourth round area. So we've talked about kind of this, this top tier of, of backs, Paul, who else jumped out for you there at the running back spot as we get deeper along here?
1: So, like I said before, my top tier is definitely Javante Najee Etienne, and then Gainwell. Um, after that, I've got Carter and Kylan Hill, followed by Ramondre and Sermon, uh, who we've talked about, all those guys. After that, I've got a little bit of a surprise up here, and he's somebody that I think is going to be much later in the draft than some of the guys after him on my list, but I think he is possibly more effective and I really like at the next level, and that's Elijah Mitchell from the Raging Cajuns. Uh, you and I talked about him when I first when caught on to him. He He's part of a three-headed monster, and has been for a couple of years, but he's definitely the most explosive. He's a team captain, which, don't discount that. Chris Greer and Brian Flores love drafting people with that big C on their chest. It's, they love, I mean, while they will give people second chances, they love high character guys that love football. And if you look at Elijah Mitchell, uh, he just jumps off the page if you watch his tape. I mean, he's 5'10", 2'01". He ran a 4.38. Uh, He can make that one-cut run, and he's a leader out there on the field, which he's not the biggest guy. He's not that big plug it into the line guy like I like, but he can catch the ball out of the backfield, and he doesn't have a lot of tread on the tires. Because of the fact that you know he's running with Trey Regis, who's probably going to go undrafted in this draft, and I actually have on my do not draft list, um, and, and and the fact that, you know, he was sharing carries with two other guys, in a rushing attack offense down there in the Bayou in Louisiana in Lafayette.
0: Yeah, he's a former wide receiver too, so he's, mm-hmm. he's certainly got the athleticism. Uh, yeah, he's somebody that is starting to rise on boards a little bit, kind of in, into that top ten tier of running backs there. So. It, it, what I found interesting too, after you talked about Ramondre Stevens in there, um, I, I think we we both have a higher opinion of a lot of people on Kylan Hill because he had a disaster of a of a 2020 season where uh, he played three games. I uh, basically opted in, he opted out. But the year before that, I mean, he he not only had great stats. I mean, he had. Eleven hundred eighty, or no, excuse me. Uh, I'm getting him confused. Uh, Thirteen hundred and fifty rushing yards, eleven touchdowns. Um, should have come out in the draft. Did not. Had a nightmare of a year with at Mississippi State. But I think he looks the part. I mean, he carries his two hundred fourteen pound frame really well. Uh, he had a he had a great game that showcases receiving skills against LSU, where he had eight catches for one hundred forty eight yards. Moves well in space. He's somebody. If you're looking for traits out of a running back to develop yeah i mean he's somebody that i've got to say i'd
1: probably have over chuba hubbard i definitely have him over chuba hubbard um which if you asked me last draft i think i was talking about chuba after his 2019 season and i am so ridiculously disappointed in chuba's senior year I moved Chuba all the way down to 16th on my list. That's how bad this season was for him. Wow. That's how bad his pass protection is. He looks like a worse blocker than Mike Gasicki and it's not even close. Um, he, and, and, and that's that's saying something, considering how much I've destroyed Mike Gasicki and his blocking ability.
0: If you run for 2,064 yards in a season, which is top 20 in NCAA history, then you come out after that season if you're eligible to. And he hey. did not. He went back. Uh, did not have a good year. I, I feel like I could tackle him in an open field. That's a, that's that's how how easily he went down this past year. Um, he's I think yeah. The he's Twenty a, yard
1: line tackled him at least twelve times this year. Without he's a, he's a fifth, sixth rounder at best
0: for me. I, I I'm not I'm not interested. And he can't be a third down back. Really, he can't block. He can't catch the ball. He can't return. No, I'm 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 out. He's a recovery
1: project, if there ever was one. Um, it, it's If you tell yeah. me that they grab him in the seventh or undrafted, fine. Uh, yeah. But in all honesty, you know, after Elijah Mitchell, ahead of Chuba Hubbard, I've got Jamar Jefferson, Demetric Felton, Khalil Herbert, Larry Roundtree, Javian Hawkins, and Chris Evans. And Chuba's not that far ahead of Jarrett Patterson and Puka Williams, who Puka just needs to get bigger. Um, and then... I might even make a case for Kenne and Wangu if Miami's looking for a returner if they're gonna move on from Jakeem Grant, which we don't want them to do. Puka Williams, four bench press reps. Dude, he's the size of my I've got I literally have nine you kids I'm coaching that are only about eight pounds less than Puka Williams.
0: Yeah. Four bench press reps. I rest my
1: case. Um <laughs> He's so 100... He's one hundred five nine a buck seventy five. I mean, he sees, and that's a lie. He's not one hundred seventy five pounds.
0: Yeah, so you're just strengthening the. I mean, you might as well put two two at will at running back at that at this pace. Um, I do so, so, but the rest of our list here is is pretty similar. Chris Evans is somebody who has had a disastrous last two years. I mean, twenty nineteen, he was academically ineligible. 2020 he was buried on the depth chart i think he had like 16 carries but he went to somehow he got invited to senior bowl week and he looked really good he looks like he has the traits now there there's no doubt about that uh so he's somebody that i think when you start looking at you know fifth sixth round uh maybe maybe that's somebody you take a look at um going through a few of the other players in the list khalil herbert very good vision no elite traits but had a really nice 2020 season for Virginia tech Had 1183 yards, 7.6 yards of carry after he transferred over here from Kansas, uh, Jamar Johnson, g- great vision. And I think he, he, he looks like he just gets it on the football field. Just doesn't have a lot of burst again, kind of in that fifth, sixth round area, Larry Roundtree, I've seen a lot, a lot of them, a Missouri fan. And when you, when you see him in pads, at you know, chisel 220 pounds, wearing the number 34, running downhill. You think you've got a great running back here, but never really quite broke a lot of tackles. So looks like Tarzan
1: plays like Jane. That's the that's first a, one of the year. Exactly.
0: Well, that's it's the first one of the year. The, it, it shout out to the late great Joel Bushbaum on that. Um, yeah. So so Paul, we've talked about a lot of running backs here. Um, what oh. would be your any running back in this draft, what would be your ideal situation of how the Dolphins handle running back in this in, in this 2021 NFL draft?
1: I would go Javante at 36. Um, okay. And if Javante is not there, I would consider if, if Miami were to, say, trade down from 18 a little bit and add a third-round pick, I would consider Ramondre Stevenson there. I would consider, um, you know. You'd consider Ramondre in the third round? I would. Okay, I, I
0: I thought you meant you were going to consider him at twenty six. At which no. point, no. this was get this podcast was going to end. So. No. <laughs> no. Uh. Uh-uh.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I would consider him in the third round. Like, it's yeah. it, what I've seen from him. I, I would be down for, or I would even take Demetric Felton in in the late third or or early fourth, depending on what you add in a trade down, um, or. Potentially a trade up. Well, I mean, we know Greer is going to move all over the board. So really, even though we don't have a fourth rounder right now, I believe based on my last look, um, you know, I'd consider Demetric Felton as early as the fourth because he fits into the things that Miami's doing on offense. Uh, but I, I, I want first and foremost Javante or one of the other top four uh, in the second round.
0: Yeah, I'm sticking with that too. I've said it for months. One of these top three guys—Najee Harris, Javante Williams, Travis Etienne—at 36, that's the ideal spot because I think that as the days go by, pick number 18 is going to be a spot where there's going to be somebody there. We can't believe made it there. I I made a list of players that that uh, the the other day that it it was the there's no way in hell that they're going to make it to 18 list. And you've got 16 players on that list. You know some teams are going to reach on guys here, so it wouldn't surprise me at 18 if a if a Rashawn Slater or a Christian Darius or a Micah Parsons is there individually. They're probably I say no, they're probably not going to make it to 18, but one guy is. It happens every year, and I think it's going to happen here for the Dolphins too. And it would be great if they could get Kyle Pitts at six a value guy at 18 and then hit, hit their running back there at 36.
1: And I'm going to be honest with you, cause you just mentioned it. I know it's away from our running back position a little bit, but it, it does impact it is if Micah Parsons is there at 12, 13, 14, he is maturity issues aside. He's come out. He's addressed those. Hopefully he's moved on from those. He was a 17, 18 year old kid at the time. He was an idiot. Guess what? I was an idiot at 17 or 18. Not in the same way. Do not get me wrong. Um, What he did was stupid. But if he is there at 12, 13, 14, I could be perfectly okay if Miami packaged even a little bit of an emergency package to go up and get one of the top position players at his position to come out in the past decade um as far as a defender goes and the fact that he's going to get more possessions for the offense with the way he creates turnovers and helps stop drives he is going to make the offense better from the defensive side of the ball based on field position and things like that
0: uh yeah and with parsons the reality is where we sit. you know, this could be a huge problem, the immaturity. It could be nothing because you, you look at a few of these players that had immaturity issues back in uh, over the last few years. You know, Malik McDowell, Ruben Foster, um, you know, players that forget about uh, – Darius Geis is another one. Uh, Isaiah Wilson. These are players that forget about – uh, you know, not being a start. These players didn't even make it to the field. A lot of them. So it's a very serious thing, but that is up to the NFL teams to decide. uh as far as the maturity goes, could be nothing could be a deeper problem. That's up for them to decide, but the talent is certainly there. Uh, if, if he passes those evaluations. So Paul, before we sign off here, anything else jump out today?
1: Yeah. One thing I want to say too, that I, I, I just want to bring up is, is, my nope list that's in pen um chuba is almost on there and if chuba's almost on there rakeem boyd was the even more atrocious version of chuba hubbard in, in 2020. um he like after a huge 2019 looked like the most atrocious player in college football in 2020 so he's completely off my list here uh and and one guy i, I do want to mention even though he didn't come out and i'm pissed about it that I'm kind of keeping an eye on for next year uh, is, is Jermaine Martin from North Carolina A&T. He, like, wow. talk about your deep cuts, right? He went to um, uh, got, got, got the freaking Coastal Carolina, had a gun issue, recovered from it, got a second chance from North Carolina A&T, and is destroying people. And as a show of good faith for the commitment that they made to him, decided to return for the spring season this year. Uh, basically said, look, you guys committed to me when no one else would. I could come out for the draft, probably go late round or undrafted, um, but a, a, and really make a roster and be that impact guy. But I'm gonna come back because of the faith you showed in me and, and return that favor, which does huge character things for me with, with this kid. And he's a guy I'm watching for next year. Even though he's at this small school, you watch his tape and and you will want him in aqua and orange um, next year's draft. So one, I'm going to bring that up now.
0: One uh, late, late rounder here that I'll throw in there is uh, Jaquan Hardy from Tiffin University. Ran a four five three nineteen 19 bench reps. Looks the part and actually went to the same college as uh, – Former Saints and Jets running back Chris Ivory, so he's somebody that that I, I think is going to get a look in the late rounds at, and as an
1: undrafted free agent. So what? we're gonna. I got one more. Go. I got to go. give it to a fullback, Ben Mason. I will take him in the seventh round. Don't you start. He almost threw up thirty on the bench, and you know he ran a four seven four, but you don't want your fullbacks to be fast six three two forty six. Hello, short yardage. Let's go. Let's yeah, go. Except nobody Let's does go. that anymore. Uh,
0: and the Dolphins yeah.
1: do they sign a fullback this offseason? They keep looking for fullbacks. Yeah. They don't, they, don't uh, tell me the Dolphins don't go fullback. Yeah. So uh, what
0: to what uh Seathan Carter you're talking about? Yeah. He's Woo-hoo. a tight end. He's a t I'm fine with that. You want you want you, you want to sign a tight end that's 6'3", 260, that doubles as a tight end, that's fantastic. You want to get a useless stub uh six foot Two hundred and forty pound, nothing.
1: Kyle Pitts, Christian Wilkins, and Ben Mason on short yardage in that backfield. Yeah. Let's go.
0: I'll give you a few other names: Chandler Cox, Reagan Mulai. I, I was never De, De, big on Dyer. Cox. I love Dion
1: Dyer, but you know, hey, dude, Dion Dyer, don't 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 do Dion Dyer. He he was amazing as a guest De, on the show. Dion De, De, Dyer was phenomenal as a
0: as a blocking fullback twenty years ago. Dion Dyer would even admit himself he couldn't play in twenty twenty one. So, uh, anyway, that's going to do it. Ricky would debate you on that. (laughs) For our emotion. uh, I'm going to let you debate Jamie
1: Nails and Ricky Williams on that one.
0: All right. So, we're
1: going to end the show here. uh,
0: and We've broken down the running back class here. For the 2021 NFL Draft through a Miami Dolphins lens, be sure to stay with us here. As we approach draft day, we're going to start breaking down the edge positions, uh, as well as all the other spots here that we haven't gotten to yet. I'm Brian Kent, NFL on Twitter, Paul is fanatic underscore pick. Uh, be sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, all of our social media outlets, as well as Fansided and FinFanatic.com. And if it's not on the right side and it's not on the left side, it is on the Fin side.